This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, hey, buddy. Good to see ya. How are you? Good. I'm a little sweaty, so be, okay. be gentle. Why just you for sweaty? your sake. I rode my bike here. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. That yeah. Okay. Well, so. then I'll sit here. You just so you'll sit there, and then I'll sit over there, is it? Or do I stay where I am? Which was it? I think you can stay. You can okay. Stay. Great. Yeah, um, phone's on silent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Um, I also took one of your drinks. How long are you in town for? Uh, just, uh, we leave tomorrow, actually. Okay. I got here, uh... Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, I should should tell the folks that we're coming to you from London, England, where my guest Rob Delaney is a uh, permanent resident. Do you have your uh, dual citizenship yet? As of fairly recently. Really? Yeah. Congrats. I, I am half British. Wow. Nice. And half American. Is that a DNA thing? Do they have to? Do you go in for? Yeah, they do. Uh, they do a splicing. You don't really notice much. My foreskin grew back. Oh wow! Because um, they, you know, I was circumcised in America, but yeah, they they fit you uh, with a new foreskin when wow, you become wow, a wow. citizen. So that's nice. Um, yeah. To sort of how did they how do they attach it? Uh, they use a, there's a, it's called, it's Gorilla Glue. Do they have the same brand in yeah. the U.S.? Okay. I would have, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would have expected, glue, yeah. oh wow, so that's, so they got to get that right. Well, it's like it, a surgical distillation, you know, I think, I don't know if you can get to the hardware store, but it's the same sort of, it has And the you same have to bring that to the isotopes. doctors. You, so you get the, you purchase the Gorilla Glue. Yeah. <clears throat> bring it to the doctors and then together you go to town hall where after you say <laughs> with the, the doctor you and the doctor the goes, okay you then they put the foreskin on and uh, at, at town hall at town hall yeah oh my goodness and sterile i mean post covid and stuff there everybody's pretty you know everybody's hands looked clean so the, um was such an interesting process and i and i've had um a couple of experiences with the uh nhs which i yeah. love but uh I didn't know that that was a whole thing. So you get, so you go to the hardware store yeah. and this is mandatory. Yeah. Uh, it's, it was, it's not mandatory. Okay. A couple of things. You can either swear pledge allegiance to the King mm-hmm. or God and the King. My mm-hmm. family, we thought that we would do just God and not the King, but in fact you have to do both. You can either mm-hmm. do the King or God and King. We did both thinking we would only do God. And then foreskin is optional. I've been happy. Uh, with my circumcised penis for almost five decades. Uh, But I thought, why not, you know, try life with a foreskin? Because that's, uh, you know, they they don't just circumcise right out of the gate here like they did in America in the 70s when I was born. So, Mm -hmm. Um, 
so do they and do they reattach the yeah they got my old one oh um no, the, I, boy okay where how was that difficult well apparently the hospital that i was born in in boston had had burned down but a bunch of foreskins and uh other stuff had been saved and uh they were able to it, labels, it's usually the first thing that they <laughs> they run in and say yeah right? you gotta get the, the foreskins the jar after of that. foreskins it's a mason jar right yeah it's a mason yeah. jar um or like a jarring jar you know if you put berries in and mm-hmm. yeah mason jar why am i explaining yeah. to you a mason yeah um I, and that's uh, um, Lewis. I want to cu- just make sure I want to edit out that I'm a Mason because I am a, a, a Freemason in good standing, but I'm trying to keep that um, trying to keep that under wraps. Rob knows, obviously. Uh, Shouldn't have brought it up though, and I want to apologize. It's all right. If we that's what editing's for. We'll uh, we'll. Uh, but yeah, I'm uh, um, I'm now. Uh, I don't know if you got the. Um, if you saw the message I sent, uh, uh, had it spelled out in hot air balloons, uh, but I am uh, sapphire level uh, with a fourth level prefecture Freemason in good standing Scottish oh, rights. Oh, wow. Oh, that's tremendous. Yeah, yeah I wish I, I'd love to know more about that but i i don't i am not a mason um i have a good friend who is but he won't tell me anything about it um are you talking are you referring to me yeah okay and uh although you did just tell me some things about it well my my status is increased but uh i can't tell you about the handshakes or no no yeah the conspiracy theories that we put out there um to keep people safe really is what it seems like because i think there's you can know too much Yes. I think. And I'd say there's really only a small percentage of people who need to know any of the real stuff. You the know? real stuff, so yeah. I appreciate um, that. And you know, well, everybody seems to have figured out about how the Jews run everything, um, which, <laughs> you know, I we were trying to keep it under wraps, uh, but they run everything. The Special Olympics. Oh wow! Yeah, I was not aware. Of Jews that. run the Special Olympics. Did not realize yeah. that. I mean, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. The the in the states, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the FDA mm-hmm. all run by Jews. So when yeah. you when you're talking about high fructose corn syrup and the oh, use thereof, wow. uh, all yeah, Jews. Yeah, there's positives though. I mean, I'm glad challah has been added firmly to the uh, food pyramid rather than alluded to. It's mm-hmm. stated that you got to eat it, you know, at least once a week yeah. or your um, diet's not complete. But it doesn't count if you do it like French toast, which I love. Ooh. Challah French toast is great. Have you ever had that? Yeah, I have. Yeah, it's great. That can't be kosher though, right? Because is there, well, no, there's no meat. So I suppose no. it could be if it's, because you can't Oh do, no, it's egg, dairy, yeah. you can't, egg and dairy. Um, it's not, it's, it's not just Dairy meat. and meat you can't do together, Dairy right? and meat. Okay, what about meat from Darien? Darien? Connecticut. Darien, Connecticut. Yeah, no, I would definitely eat that. You could you, you could or couldn't if you're Jewish. Oh. Or kosher, I should I say. I can't say with any kind you of authority. Th- I, I, I don't know. I know all Jews are mm-hmm. in kosher, but do you right. think all kosher people are Jews? <sighs> well, then now we're going to expose my ignorance. What are the parameters? What separates kosher from halal, for example? Because I know there's a lot of respect both for animals and the way that yeah. they're prepared and stuff. Um, so halal is wrong and (laughs) kosher is correct. Oh, okay. I mean, I think if we're going to 
go that way. All um, right. Well, you're the authority. I, that, that's actually a good question. Uh, I, I do wonder. Um, I'm, I mean, all kidding aside, I, I yeah. wonder what the differences are, and if, and if a orthodox uh, or an observant, uh, you know, somebody who keeps kosher did get. Uh, I wonder if they're okay. You know what? I know it has to be blessed. Right? Ah, it has to be sanctioned. The kosher. Right. I don't the know pro- about halal. The killing of the animal, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it has to be overseen by uh, by a they rabbi a on, on the Is tape. it just a rabbi? Okay. Yeah, a rabbi who's clearly, you know, getting paid under the table to just go, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, so that is the difference. Okay. You, ha- you haven't had somebody in authority. I, I shouldn't say that is the difference because I don't know about halal. Yeah, because they couldn't just deem it halal. They couldn't point at it, you know, from through a factory wall and be like, halal. You know, that wouldn't sit well with me. Um, and you're, it really has to go through you. It's I just want to let best. people know at home I'm shaking up my um, innocent juice. But yeah, you asked if I'm British now, and I am. I'm, uh I am half British, as is my family, which is crazy. We've been here uh, nine years now, mm-hmm. and we've, you know, flirted with the idea of moving back a couple times. Um, that hasn't happened. And, I mean, a big motive for becoming citizens was it's a pain in the ass to renew your visas. Yeah. And so now we just don't ever have to do that again. And why wouldn't you? There's no drawback to it, is there? Not that I can discern. I mean, the countries ostensibly have a tax treaty, so you mm-hmm. shouldn't be paying taxes twice. I choose to. But uh, you, there, no, there's not enough penalties that I can, that I know about, you know. Uh, not necessarily penalties, but like drawbacks. I right. Guess. Yeah. No. No, not. I, mean, I, I don't. I'm a British citizen as well. I have dual oh. citizenship. Oh, amazing! Yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, for, okay. yeah. And I just got it fairly recently last year. So wild. Yeah. Um, and I so started just a couple of Brits shooting <laughs> the breeze. A couple of half Brits. Yeah, this is a um, very British podcast. <clears throat> um, and I love it here. And yeah. I, you know, spend lots and lots and lots of time here. My wife loves it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when the 2020 election was was uh happening mm-hmm. you know we were very seriously thinking all right do we go to it was either going to be london or toronto okay um london i think we would prefer i love toronto too but uh london we would prefer but toronto would be easier for all the in-laws to see our yeah. uh, uh our daughter and yeah and so it was a consideration and uh and, you know, we avoided that bullet, as yeah. it were. Um, but, you know, now it's, we've got 2024 to deal with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and, and I've said this to Amber, like, we're in New York. Yeah. It's not going to affect us. Whatever shit mm-hmm. happens, we're going to be fine. Yeah. It's, but it's all about our daughter, you mm-hmm. know, like what kind of society and culture do we want to yeah. raise her in? yeah and um really it was about that okay. you know um i mean i i could um i've lived all over the place i'm easy yeah. i could pick up and go yeah, yeah. wherever uh and and because of what we do both my wife and i uh yourself as well like mm-hmm. we could work here yeah we really Toronto, can. pretty easily yeah um you know, I can do stand up anywhere, mm-hmm. English English speaking country. Yeah. Um, 
so I I started to because uh, my dad's from Leeds. Okay, uh, and I started to more actively pursue getting dual citizenship yeah. just in case. And uh, um, but I never wanted to talk to him. I've been uh, estranged from him since oh, I was wow. a teenager. And okay, I, he's a piece of shit. Gotcha. And uh, and. I finally found somebody through somebody through somebody in Scotland, uh, a service that where I wouldn't have to contact my dad. Wow. And if I got him these specific things, like uh, I knew the hospital he was born in. Yep. I knew his parents' names. Yep. They were also born in those hospitals, um, that hospital. Um, and... And my, I was able to get a marriage certificate from my mom. And then some other thing, and they were like, okay, we can, this is, we've got enough to do it. So, I never had to talk to him. Holy mackerel. Yeah. And then I got my passport. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. I wonder how much easier yours was having a British parent than my becoming a citizen process It was was. pretty easy. Once I got all the stuff, they were like, this is enough for us to do the research. Okay. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to, we have to go through the records of, Mm -hmm. uh, the hospital in Leeds and we have to get your great, great grandfather's something. And, mm-hmm. um, and it took a little time, but it, mm. yeah, it wasn't, right on. it wasn't difficult, but yeah. Yeah. We did the sort of not terribly long ago. We thought about moving back. Um, where would you go to Massachusetts? We would have gone to Los Angeles, which is Ew. where we lived for a long time. Ew! What well, was the last time you were there? Uh, last Easter, uh, so April 2022. And here's the deal. We had lived in Santa Monica for many years. Uh, Santa Monica being an incorporated city within Los Angeles that is on the ocean. Mm-hmm. And it's quite nice and walkable and all that stuff. And we'd enjoyed living there for years uh, before we had kids and then for a few afterwards. Um, but then we didn't live there for a very long time. And we just visited. Uh, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> and we went. But here's the thing. It had just rained for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And as you know, rain is illegal in California, in that part of California. And so it never rains, but it had. So everything was green instead oh, of brown. Right. And sure. so we were like, oh my God, it's green now. And we just saw all these wonderful old friends that we loved so desperately and that we've missed since we've yeah. lived here. And so we're like, it's green. We got friends. And, uh, but some things have changed in the last nine years. And the biggest, most noticeable things are um, the cost of living uh, has gone up uh, very dramatically there. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't affect us so much, but it does mean that more and more people there are really disgusting, rich assholes. I like to be the only one. And (laughs) so a lot of the people there were really scummy. And then, um, the fires there are getting worse each year. Like when we left nine, almost 10 years ago, fire season. I'm sorry to interrupt. Can I ask what, uh, part of Santa Monica, uh, ocean park sunset park area you know um so you know where you can walk to the beach which we did a lot um but yeah fire season in southern california makes it kind of seem unsustainable uh and the fact that it gets longer each year and even if you're not personally on fire the air quality is so disgusting yeah it's like headache and that's the best part 
that's the best air quality you're going to get in Los Angeles, in the entire Los Angeles County. It's going to be on the west side. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going to go, like, because it had been, if you hadn't been there in several, several years. Yeah. Um, because my wife is from there, and she actually, yeah. uh, and her, uh, my in-laws, her folks are on, uh, well, I won't say the street, but they're right off Ocean Park. Mm-hmm. Right off. Yeah. And, uh, um, and and she used to live on Rose and on the corner of, uh, on 4th, yeah. just where, off of Rose yeah, yeah. as you go up the street. And when we, when she kind of left there for good and, and sold her... Uh, apartment um the homeless situation was starting to encroach from venice up to up to like third and mm-hmm. rose and it was it was, you know encampments and things yeah. like that and by the time she left and and we'd go back and visit mm-hmm. uh, frequently you know either yeah. for work or her folks are there and we and her dad's getting pretty pretty old so yeah um we're there a little more more frequently than we were, and uh, and it's it's like apocalyptic mm-hmm. bad mm-hmm. the the homeless situation and severely mentally ill, mm. severely disturbed people. Oh man! And it's really, really, really bad. Yeah. And uh, I would not have a kid there. Okay. Um, I have friends who uh, um are having their second kid who did live on fourth yeah and then moved to uh ju- on the other side of lincoln yeah and they they're like we can't we can't take our kids out you know they have one kid wow. on the way and they have another uh yeah it's like almost two like we can't it's crazy just yeah. taking the kid out on a stroller like they were they're talking about moving to like drastically changing like going wow. into the woods in upstate new york yeah. and, and it's Really, really bad there. Really no, bad. yeah, I hear you. And it's a bad, it's it's terrible. And you don't want to live in a place like, obviously, it's nice and sunny if people want to walk around wherever they want to walk around. I mean, I have no truck with homeless people. Uh, they got to live too. Yeah, they yeah, have as much yeah. as right as I do. But it sucks to live in a place where you know that all the power structures just don't give a shit. I mean, pe- people say, you know, you'll hear like, California is the fifth biggest economy in the world or whatever. All right, then sort it. You know, like help these people out, house them, treat them. You know what I mean? Like we know what causes these things do the tiniest little something about it. So, yeah, that was another thing is like, and again, if we were already there, we might have stayed. But since we were here and so plugged in, it's like here you've got the NHS, Mm -hmm. which is just unbelievable, even in its underfunded state. And then no guns. Yeah. You're not going to get shot here um, unless you're very special because it's the, hard the, to shoot the, people here. Those, uh, those are two huge things. Yeah. And and you can't just dismiss them. And yeah. I, I, as I said, I've had um, personal experience with NHS that was fantastic. And uh, uh, we might have even talked about this before, but I, I was here, I was doing um, Todd Margaret and yeah. I... Um, and I was having this uh, toothache that seemed to be getting worse and not going mm-hmm. away. And, I, and uh, one of our producers, her sister, um, was a, a dental assistant. Mm-hmm. And uh, so made an appointment, um, 
what's that? Where was it? Bloomsbury, where all the the, Could the, be. the dentist area is. Where I'm, all the I don't tennis know. Are. I just go to my local one, so I don't know. But it could be. Why it's not? just this odd. I find it odd that there's like a lot of dentists <laughs> in this one, you know, area. But uh, so I went there. The DMZ and, dental uh, mouth zone. No, sorry. <laughs> um, Please leave, Rob. And. Uh, and I, w- and I was just having this kind of general cleaning thing or whatever. And, it, and the pain had started when I woke up and then it just was getting worse. And it got, it was getting so bad uh, that I've, I've been in more pain before, but I've never had anything this. It made me think people would, you know, back in, in uh, you know, the 18th century, they would have killed themselves. Yeah, the logical the, thing. The, it would make most sense to kill the yourself. The thing to get, your, to get rid of that pain that's inside. It's not like a cut or yeah, a broken no, bone. In or, your it's skull. in. Yeah. And it felt like somebody had got had a cold spoon mm-hmm. and was whacking my brain with it. And it was... It was <laughs> and you didn't like that. I didn't like it at yeah. first. And then I came. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and but uh, that's not sustainable. So you have to get that's it treated. Not sustainable. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like when you uh, uh, are fucking or, or jerking off and you mm-hmm. take a hit of uh, amyl nitrate. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, wow, it's a great orgasm. But then mm-hmm. the headache you have, the pounding it, headache, you, you wonder, can't keep doing yeah. it. Yeah. You is can't that, do is it, it worth forever. It? You know, there are you only know. so many gay yeah. bars. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so it was really bad. And I didn't even know how to, it was, it was driving me crazy. And Mm -hmm. it was, uh, so they, the, they went, cause the doc, it was a hygienist lady Mm -hmm. assistant and they went and the regular dentist there wasn't there, Mm -hmm. uh, was. He'd been murdered. (laughs) Been murdered. So. The first thing we do is we call Sherlock Holmes, mm-hmm. who, guess what, is a fake person. Oh, boy. It's not a real thing. Mm. And so, a guy comes dressed up as, quote, unquote, Sherlock Holmes. Mm-hmm. I see right through it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so, so, they ended up getting this guy. I don't know if they, if they took x-rays first or I can't remember the, pro- the chronology of it, but the the in-house dentist wasn't there so they get went out the door down the street around the corner to another dentist mm-hmm. he left a patient oh boy who was just a, like a regular he left a patient came over <coughs> excuse me took a look at the x-rays he's like you need an emergency root canal right now wow and did it oh my god but left his patient there and just he's for like two we're and gonna a half do hours. it um it wasn't that long but it was I mean, at least an hour. Wow. Uh, an emergency root canal. Uh, did all that. The pain went away immediately. Mm. And then, uh, you know, put a temporary thing in and put a little uh, a cap, temporary cap on there. And the whole process, I think, from start to finish was maybe two hours, you wow. know. Um, and just, I I mean, the pain went away. Mm. It it was, uh, it was a huge thing. And, wow. Um, and... I mean, I could barely even talk, and it was getting worse and worse and worse. Oh and um, well, as I said, enough for the guy to look at it and go, "Okay, we got to do this right now." Mm-hmm. And then uh, I went downstairs to uh, get a prescription for the medicine and to pay the bill, and I, I'm pretty sure it was sixty-eight pounds. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's insane. 68 pounds? And I mean, they got you're a dead fully dentist from ready. down the street. Yeah, I mean, you're ready. You're like, so it, you're thinking in America, you're like, this will be, okay, at least $1,000, oh, you know? But, yeah. Wait, so there's a there's a addendum to this okay. story. All right, so he fitted me with the temporary. This will get yeah. you through. Uh, you know, I'm here for another couple months. All right, but okay. as soon as you're done, you got to... Get fitted for yep. a proper crown, mm-hmm. just the crown, you know, the screws in, the implant, all yep. that stuff. I go back to L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Amber's like, oh, you should see my uh, doctor. You got to go see Dr. Vigil. She's great. Mm-hmm. She does all my uh, teeth stuff. And I was like, okay, yeah, it's just a, it's just the crown. And I'll, you know, you get snapping in a Lego piece. <laughs> yeah, you get fitted. You yeah. do your mold and then they make it and they um so we do that and nice lady and mm-hmm. uh that whole process is like 20 minutes yeah. maybe 25 uh and i want to say it was 5700 dollars. jesus that's amazing isn't that charming that i, I mean, said a thousand dollars like i haven't yeah. lived in america in 10 yeah. years and i'm like maybe could it have been one thousand dollars <laughs> it's i mean that's and this this is this was two thousand and 10 wow jesus that's amazing and 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 famously teeth are not part of the body in america and they're not included in normal (laughs) health care i know bernie sanders was you know that was where are my teeth but he he he's like how are we not how is how are teeth not a part of this (laughs) yeah now i i am on a dental plan you know i've got Mm -hmm. great uh i'm part of two great unions you know wga and uh, sag aftra and my uh insurance is great mm-hmm. you know but i you know yeah. i'm one of the lucky few oh god yeah. you know today's show is sponsored by better help now i have been going to a therapist off and on for many 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 years found it very helpful some not so helpful uh but then i just left and found another one that was helpful and i have recently uh been seeing a therapist um or more aptly listening to a therapist uh, over the internet. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule, which is true. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, well, I would hope so, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So, Visit BetterHelp.com slash senses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash senses. Um, There's so many people in America who have to work a shitty job that mm-hmm. they hate. Yeah, that they're handcuffed Just because to. of healthcare. Yeah. Yeah, I did before I won the entertainment lottery. I had a terrible job just to have the health insurance. I worked at in internet advertising. So like I bought and sold terrible ads for garbage on terrible websites and it caught me my health insurance. What? Like, give me an example. Like, um, like a, a pop up that was like, give us your information so we can call you and try to get you a bad auto loan. Like stuff so, like that. So you. You didn't create these ads. You sold them or no, no you although didn't. I got pretty good at help. I'd like could give sort of the brief, the design brief. Be like, we need this. We need that. We need to capture this information. And I would test them against each other. So 
Yeah. Auto loan lead generation. That was one of them. Um, uh, the JLo engagement ring uh, that Ben Affleck famously got her a big pink one the first time that they got married. Yeah. And we sold a replica. Uh, and yeah, and so I would get paid, you know, like a few pennies for each one that people bought, uh, of the JLo ring replica for like $7. And, and I'm, <coughs> excuse me, I'm trying to, uh, picture, is it like, a? would you drive to an office yep. and there was like, yeah, I drove to a big office by the airport. Um, and it was, uh, we're talking 2003 to 2007. I'm doing mm. this stuff. And, uh, yeah, just to get health insurance. And then, blessedly, my breadwinner wife, who taught English at Culver City Middle School, <coughs> was able to get me on her uh, better teacher insurance. And then I was free to drive around L.A. bombing at open mics. And, uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of people, I don't think they realize how great of a stand-up you are, were. I don't know oh, if you're still doing it. Very but, kind. Um, but we did we did a show together. This is a long time ago. Somewhere in South... Yeah, uh, London, yeah. South London, which I, I'm not that familiar with South London. I, um, I never go there. I've um, been twice. But there was like a show that oh, yeah. somebody no, put I together. Go I go there to do stand-up. It's lovely. South London's amazing. But yeah. if you live in North London, you simply just don't go. I know. You, well, and you have to use the word simply. Yeah. You <laughs> simply just don't go. Hey, you, you simply... <laughs> You simply find a better class of people in North London. Um, and I remember, uh, I mean, you're really funny, but I remember somebody, this is a while ago, mm -hmm. somebody <laughs> up front went to take a picture yeah. with, their, with their phone. Yeah. And you fucking went off on them wow. for like five minutes about at the... Um, he was like, that picture's worthless. It has oh. no value. It's a, you're, every time you take a picture, you decrease the current. It's like you went <laughs> Oh, my God. No, it was great. It oh, was great. Funny. It was really funny and really articulated the the thing I feel where I go zero to 60 and I am and I can't even articulate my <laughs> oh, wow. frustration and, and annoyance at people. Like, can we take this off? Okay, so let me say, though, we are now talking about something that... So over the last now, because that would have been, I guess, I think that was bef maybe before I lived here, perhaps. So let's say that's, uh, or have just moved here. That's not less than nine years ago, because I remember it. And in the time since then, when doing stand-up, I've become... I went way away from talking to the audience, mm -hmm. just kind of in the mindset that, like, if they bought a ticket with money they earned at their job to come here, got a babysitter potentially. Like I like to give them really um, just crafted stuff. Sure. You know? I feel the same way. But yeah. lately I've been, I had been so averse to talking to audience members, I guess, since that night um, that lately I've been getting more back into talking to the audience and just trying to relax into that. And I think I also had a reflexive reaction to, British comedians who talk to the audience nonstop. Mm -hmm. And maybe I wanted to differentiate myself a little bit, sure. but I'm being less sort of uh, doctrinaire now. And I will talk to the audience again after a decade of just keeping to myself. It up there. was, it, it was, uh, well, I, I, I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. You yeah. can talk to the audience and give them a good show. Totally. Um, and that's not just in Britain mm -hmm. stand up, but mm -hmm. the thing about talking to the audience, I mean, there are people, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy, Matt Reif. 
I only just heard about him and watched a few clips. I, I was about to say he just uh, for people like me or us, mm-hmm. he kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, but he is um, an example of uh, people who do stand up, mm-hmm. like doing stand up, and but they got um, uh, a quicker acceleration mm-hmm. into uh, headlining, you mm-hmm. know, touring uh, because of videos, TikTok yeah. and Instagram stuff, and stuff mm-hmm. where they're doing crowd work. Yeah. Um, which is, uh, I'm not knocking crowd work. It's yeah. fun. Uh, it's easy as shit. It's yeah. easy, and it's yeah. a nice little break sometimes. And yeah. uh, and I think people like it because you're. It's of the moment. Yeah. You're. You know, they're experiencing something yes. that they are sensing is unique to mm-hmm. that show. And I'm not knocking at all. Um, but it was this thing where, and it's controversial uh, in the comedy community in the states for sure about. Comics who, you know, if they don't do 100% of their show doing that, it's 80%, you know. Yeah. And then some of these guys, and Matt Reif is a good example, and I watched some of the special, his mm-hmm. Netflix special, and and it's not very good. Yeah, It's not terrible, but the mm-hmm. thing that stands out is, oh, you're not ready for this. Okay. You're, you're, you will be. Yeah. But not now. You're not ready. Okay. You're not ready to headline arenas yes um or large theaters uh i mean you can you're doing it people seem to like it but your material is not quite there yet not not there okay so i haven't seen the special i saw a couple clips i saw it was like a woman gave him a t-shirt so i saw just the tiniest little i don't know and then a trailer for his stand-up special which was like a skit so i can't say anything about his stand-up honestly but i will say that uh in the abstract there's a risk of if you're just doing crowd work people mistaking the sort of thrill that they feel because what's going to happen mistaking that with humor you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and i think there's like an analogous feeling like ever watch like an incredibly clever clean comedian do mm-hmm. something where like oh was that naughty and it wasn't but it was just so good you know that you're like oh my god like you know certain brian regan bits or something or yeah. i can think of like sklar brothers things where where like i'm like oh, thrilling and then i'm like that must have been so naughty the way that i feel but it wasn't you know what i mean like that's the type of emotional trickery that i like better is when somebody does something like so wacky that it activates mm-hmm. the naughty part of my brain and i'm like oh my god no they're just clever yeah. i really envy uh people who can do that man not me yeah no i'm such a fucking scumbag i can't <laughs> help it i it to, it just makes me happy well being that's... a piece of shit it makes me happy i don't i feel like i don't deserve to be happy <laughs> and uh therefore um yeah morose i'm yeah yeah i'm gonna get off my medication actually now oh, that wow, i'm okay. hearing myself say this <laughs> I need to be more grumpy. Yeah. Um, Actually. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep. The application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. For years and years, I was on Zoloft. Okay. Um, uh, What I thought was depression was actually uh, um, diagnosed as... uh, um, anxiety okay which I, and that's just out of ignorance and mm-hmm. and i i didn't know i just thought oh i'm feeling yeah. this way and these things and and then after um and it got a little crippling at at, at uh certain points and mm-hmm. um and so i got on zoloft and it made an immediate difference and i went into it very reluctantly like it's gonna change me i won't be funny anymore and all these mm-hmm. things that i thought i'm talking about like in the uh 90s okay and then uh, and then when Amber and I started getting serious, which was very quickly, I said, Hey, I'm going to go off this medication just so you can see. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to go off, mm-hmm. um, uh, just so you can see, Yeah, you know, this is me. Uh, and, and for a long time I wasn't on it. And then, uh, our daughter was born and it wasn't until she started school that I started going back and I noticed it mm-hmm. after a while. Like this is like, and it was once she was going to school. That's that whole thing of like, uh, well, it, we got to get out. We have to get out. Uh, it's it's eight o'clock, uh, honey. I don't care. We can't be like just bad, mm-hmm. weird. You know all my old bad things uh-huh. about uh, and just anxiety taking over. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I can't do this to this kid. I'm mm-hmm. like. Mm. you know rushing to put her jacket on like who yeah. gives a fuck if we're two minutes late yeah fucking ch- it's what i'm saying in my head yeah, chill yeah. out but i can't do in it in your defense as a father of four children that i had by choice with my mm. wife like had one that were like let's have some more i still freak out in the mornings and i'm not saying that like you're not you know diagnosing yourself correctly or whatever but just so you don't feel like a monster uh i don't know any parents who getting their kids out the door isn't a cross between a military operation and some sort of explosion absolutely it's it's my response nothing i was doing was making it better Mm -hmm. and you have an end goal which is to get that kid out right and my what i was doing was not helping gotcha and we also started um i started playing video games with her when she was uh like five and a half, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a you know a system, and there's all these great games for kids mm-hmm. learning uh, games that are not just about uh, eye hand coordination, but that teach you these things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll play because she would, you know, some of the ones I play like, yeah, you can't watch this, you know, <laughs> it's blowing yeah. something up or whatever. <laughs> um, uh, have you played the video game Non-Binary Hamas? <laughs> no, but I immediately half condemn it. <laughs> anyway, <coughs> oh man. Anyway, uh, um, and and we're playing these kids' games, and this is when I knew, like, I got to get back on this stuff. This yeah. is, uh, and I'm, and I'm, and she's 
fucking five and a half, six years old, mm-hmm. and, and she makes a little mistake or does something which I know is going to set us back. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Marlo, nope, <sighs> don't. Okay, you're not, you know, okay. it, yeah. give, give me the controller. And I'm yeah. like, I'm, I'm with a kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm just being an asshole. And, yeah. and and I knew the combination of all those things. Um, and, and other, you know, get in the car, do this. And, and it's it's actually, you know, made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not like that. Yeah. Uh, but it was all coming to me. And I've been fine for... Yeah, you know, well yeah, over yeah. a couple decades, you yeah. know, and uh, or a decade and a half, I guess, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I was like, wow, I need to. This yeah, is bad. Yeah. This is not a good way to be with a ki- little kid. Like, well, okay, well, yeah, that's yeah, on you. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, you know, just yeah, what? Yeah. And uh, but it's good. I'm glad. No, I'm I'm I've been on medication since the beginning of 2003. Um, I got sober in the beginning of 2002, so that's mm-hmm. almost 22 years ago. Um, and after a year of no alcohol or drugs, my brain and things settled, you know, like I was employable, my body worked, mm-hmm. you know, after that year, um, my brain was like, well, you're not going to drink and do drugs anymore? And I was like, yeah, I can't. I was going to die. And my brain was like, well, check this out. And <laughs> so then rolled in really suicidal depression. You'd like oh really God. bad. And um, so. It, it, uh, what's the connection to not. So. Meaning you didn't have an outlet or an escape or. So I think because I was. Drinking, you know, very destructively. The mm-hmm. end of my drinking career culminated with a car accident that yeah. no one else was involved in. Drove into a building. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But when friends and family heard about it, they were like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, th- we knew that was going to happen. Like, nobody was surprised. So, I was really moving in a bad direction. And I think my brain, for about a year after the accident with court dates, surgeries, rehab living in a halfway house i was in like fight or flight survival mode but when things started to calm down i really collapsed mentally emotionally yeah i I guess what i didn't do when you were talking about that is even think about because you don't you don't go okay i'm gonna stop drinking and then you move on to chapter three exactly so there's that whole year of so getting to that point that's yeah. yeah so it was about a year of like cleaning up and picking right. up the pieces and stuff and at the end of that year uh my brain just stopped working uh which mm. it, you know years down the road i can look at that and be like okay yeah that makes sense you know it's fairly i think psychology 101 you know did you have help i, mean, I did yeah, yeah i was going to talk therapy and after some weeks of being talking about you know really wanting to kill myself uh and in and the depression had a real physical element too like physical pain confusion i mean it was very bad and so suicide really seemed like something that made sense uh was it a solution to something the idea of suicide yeah uh stopping the physical pain that came with it so uh, so my psychologist sent me to a psychiatrist and he put me on medication that gradually, slowly, but surely 
worked Mm -hmm. and uh then kind of gave me back the whole my whole deck emotionally you know i could Mm -hmm. feel all the emotions uh rather than just one nightmare one and then it would have been maybe six years later five years later uh, a second episode um and so medication was adjusted and the second one come out of nowhere i think that one came from that would have been in about 2008 ish um and that came from uh having been unemployed it came with or from i don't know being unemployed for a while and having started doing comedy all the time and at this point nobody's like please do comedy it's me sending out joke packets to every show all the time and doing multiple shows a night and uh i think doing that while very broke and newly married um both my wife and i wanted to have kids too i think that's you know what precipitated that so a second episode just as bad that one didn't last as long because i knew there is on paper a path out of this and it's being honest about it talking to people getting the help that i needed so since then uh, i've been on medication i remain on it yeah i'd love to not take a pill or two every morning but I do. It works. It allows me to be a, a present and good dad mm-hmm. and husband and worker, you know, I mean, I'm way more productive. Um, so yeah, you know, that shit's real. I mean, that's not a newsflash to anybody. Right. Um, so yeah. Well, that's good. Those, that's, uh, that's good to hear. That's good to know. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I, I it, it's, it's one of those things where you can, or one can describe their deepest, uh, darkest moments. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what you're feeling, what you went through, mm-hmm. but I can only, you know, use myself and my experiences as a, re- as a yeah. reference. And we all have them. Yeah. Every single person. They're shared, but they're not shared. Yeah. You know? Uh, but there's an understanding of like, you know, your situation specifically was wildly different. Yeah. Mine was, you know, this thing and yeah. maybe nobody else shared that, but we all get, oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think the suggest that the solution I should mm-hmm. say for mankind, um, <laughs> is... Much like we put in in the states, we put mm-hmm. fluoride in the water, starting yeah. in the what sixties, I think, something yeah. like that. And you know, it, which was a communist plot by yeah. the Jews. But yeah. uh, um, we need to put uh, you know serotonin uplift yeah. taker, whatever they're called, yeah, um, and whatever, in and, the water, yeah, and sterilization in certain you know zip codes, you know that. <laughs> well, that's no, that's different. Is that not what you're saying? No, that's oh, okay. not what I'm understood. <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, no, okay. I think that's you're not wildly different that. than what I. Okay. No, I'm talking about dosing. Yeah. Uh, with soma, with yeah, uh, basically. Uh, oh, okay. Um, blue pilling. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to blue pill people? So that sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. That's good juice. <laughs> Um, all right, Rob. Hmm. How are you feeling about everything? Okay. All right. Is yeah. there anything you... Yeah. I mean, is there, uh, have, is this smell like other recordings you've done? You know, do you have, uh... Well, uh, 
this is a, a much bigger studio. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, I do the show out of New York. Sometimes yeah. I go do the show out of LA. Yeah. Um, but as I said, we're here in London. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if you can see this. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. What is that? Ombre, do you call that? With the color shadowing? Um, it's called... Uh, um, no, this is the part. What's the part of this podcast called? Guys describe stuff they don't really understand for listeners, and it, it sounds nice. It's yeah, the best but part. we we shrink it oh, to okay. an acronym, so it's gotcha. a, a GDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what it is. It's very long, but it's in um, the song, right? Um, we're uh, we're borrowing this the London Spotify offices. Yeah, so it's pretty nice in New York. It's more. I've got more of my knickknacks, and I got oh, my okay. artwork. My artwork would Ooh. be there. The lo- uh, what do you call it? Logo or the that's what I call it the thing yeah um but uh unfortunately the new york team didn't send the thing <laughs> otherwise mail your stuff <laughs> yep um but uh yeah this is very i mean i've never sat at a table we i have like a couch oh, okay. and chair and all that uh but it's very much like uh everything i've been doing and i oh, okay i it got to the point i will all right so the podcast is called senses working over time mm-hmm. and when uh i was for years people have been saying uh and when i say people it's like my agent my manager yeah uh, you should do a podcast you should Mm -hmm. do and i had zero interest less than zero interest and uh and i don't uh uh not for any reasons that are uh, negative at all i just don't listen to podcasts i don't uh you know i don't my wife my friends do yeah I just don't. It's not what I how I spend my time or whatever. And uh, and I'm not. I have nothing against them. Um, but Can I say quickly, the yeah. last podcast that I was on um, was a Steely Dan podcast because <laughs> uh, as a middle aged man, uh, they've become very important to me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I read a few books about them over the last few years and have really been spiritually rewarded by diving deep. So when asked recently to be on a Steely Dan podcast, I said. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got some tidbits you can share, probably. Yeah, I mean. So, is it a podcast where it's just about Steely Dan? Exclusively. Yeah, it's not about anything else. See, that's a podcast I will not be listening to. Understood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, Foreigner. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, so, they're like, okay, you get, all right, I'll do a podcast. And then, they're like, what's, what's the hook going to be? And I'm like. No hook. I just want to talk to people. I'm mm-hmm. I'm good at talking. I can mm-hmm. have a conversation. Um and and you know, uh said it's it's you know, like being at the pub and mm-hmm. you know, having a few pints and just talking. And mm-hmm. they're like, No, 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 you gotta have a hook. So yeah. I thought for and I had nothing. And I was like, I don't know why I need a hook, but um fine, fuck it. And then after about six weeks, I was like, Oh, I know what I'll do. Mm-hmm. I'll do the senses and, mm-hmm. you know, what's the, you know, best, worst, funniest, mm-hmm. nastiest, uh, mm-hmm. saddest, uh, creepiest thing mm-hmm. you've ever, et cetera. And, and I even wrote that I'm going to, that's just a jumping off point to have a conversation. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell me about the best clam chowder mm-hmm. you ever had. I, I just don't give a shit. <laughs> and, uh, um, I think this is 
I'm going to say you're the 11th guest I've had. Awesome. And I think in total, I have asked a question about what's the somethingest you've ever somethinged. Yeah. Three times. Oh, well done. Well done. And I had it, they, I shouldn't say I had to, but they, when I cut the trailer for this, yeah. um, and they just started coming out. They came out uh, actually thir- yesterday. Right on. That's the first one. Yeah. And uh, who'd you uh, have on it? Bob. Oh, great. Yeah. It was great. It was really fun. Um, and they've all been different, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, in parts, funny, edifying, yeah. poignant sometimes, you know? Uh, and uh, yeah, I've, I've asked those questions, I think, three times. Okay. I, I have a sort of sense story that happened recently. Can okay. I share it with you quickly? Absolutely. And tell me this to place stop to and or leave whenever you need to. But um, I... Stop um, and leave. <laughs> stop. <laughs> uh, that would be a good line. <laughs> stop and leave. Um, <clears throat> I, a few weeks ago, was in Wales mm-hmm. with my family. I don't think this is important to the story, but... It, maybe if a listener knows about a weird bacteria in Wales, this'll that'll become important. But uh, I got a little sore on the side of my tongue, and yeah. I thought, oh, maybe I bit it. You know, we all bite our tongues uh, from time to time, and it can hurt. And I even do it when I'm going to sleep now. I wake myself mm-hmm. up doing it like a monster. Anyway, but this thing started to grow on the side of my tongue, and I was like, this isn't this isn't nice. And it was like a big canker sore, and uh, and it got to the point that. Over a few days, it began impeding my speech. Wow. Um, I so talked. It's getting big. Yeah. And wow. um, and the pain is I can't, we're getting to where I can't eat. Like, I'll like take a sip of a smoothie and have to go like, you know, like crouch to yeah. deal with the pain. And um, so anyway, I went to the doctor and they were like, if we don't really know, you know, bodies are, you know, weird. Your immune system could be down. We don't think. It's viral. Could be. So they gave me antibiotics and they gave me a steroid mouthwash mm-hmm. um, and which I kept. I don't need it anymore, but I use it so that I can satisfy uh, my wife with my tongue because my tongue is very strong now. Um, but no, they, they did give me a steroid mouthwash and um, and, the, and it worked. It, but I didn't eat. I lost weight, and I I had as I said, were you hungry while eating? Oh yeah, I was very hungry. But putting, I'd, I'd rather starve to death than right. put something in my mouth. But anyway, it was just sort of a weird one of those things, you know. You thought had was maybe bygone, you know, with the Victorian days, and now that we have hygiene and things like that. But no, got a real vicious, weird, old fashioned thing in my mouth, and it's gone now. And and just going back to the beginning of this uh, discussion. Are you saying whales or is that fault? Yeah, I'm, I am tacitly blaming whales. Wow. Uh, I mean, now officially that I'm saying it out loud. But uh, yeah, it, ha- it began in Wales, as mm-hmm. a lot of things do. And uh, can you get, tell me some other things that be- ha- begin in Wales? I can. I can tell you that the official flower of Wales is the daffodil. I learned that studying for the life in the UK test I had to take for citizenship. Um, what? Yeah, official flowers of daffodil. Scotland what a is pointless the... piece of information that they make you learn. Oh, I will tell you this though: <laughs> studying for the life in the UK test was fun. It was fun. Uh, Roger Bannister 
is the first uh, no, man. I know, I know okay, that. I know Roger right, Bannister. Good, good, good. But also, when are you, unless you're doing a pub quiz, yeah. when are you going to well, need to know? You must know by now that that's a pretty important part of oh, being I've, British. I've, I have... You, did, uh, you, did you not used to run one or have one that you attended regularly? Uh, yeah, several that I attend regularly. Uh-huh. And, 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 uh, and accumulate, we were talking about this last night, uh, and accumulated so many, uh, you know, coupons or chits or yeah, things yeah. like we, I paid for a year's worth of drinking, uh, at, with just the trivia, con- the pub okay. quizzes that we won. I've just, you know, we're lucky to both be busy and have families. So, you know, this is, this isn't an, an ironclad obligation, but I just had an idea for a show for mm-hmm. us. And do you know what Morris dancing is? Yes. Yeah. It's I, just wait, us I, Morris dancing. Wait, wait. <laughs> That's it. That's the pitch. I only know that. I never mm-hmm. heard of that until uh, I'm, I'm almost finished with it. But I started a book called uh, uh, My Search for Warren Harding. Mm-hmm. And it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And Bob recommended it. Mm. And he's a really good source of good books. But yeah. um, the guy in it is does Morris dancing. So Amazing. that's how I know what it is. It is fascinating. I mean, I, I don't really know how you to describe it other than it's like usually old guys mm-hmm. in a uniform that's almost Bavarian mm-hmm. uh, dancing around with sticks mm-hmm. in a way that to them appears to make sense. To the viewer, does not so much look you've like seen it really this. involves you've seen skill. This yeah, I've seen it person. live more than once. And uh, But I don't know, maybe we get adopted by rival Morris dancing teams or something. Okay. I don't know. But anyway. Or we head up rival Morris or dancing. Or we try to bring it to America and get murdered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the two things don't have anything to do with each other. We just get no. murdered. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> welcome to, yeah. Uh, all right, Rob, I end every show with mm-hmm. a question to my guest mm-hmm. from my daughter. Oh, cool. Six-year-old daughter. And... Here is your question. It's from Marlo. And uh, what is the least bad thing that Donald Trump did? The least bad thing. Let's think. I lived here for his entire presidency, but of course I had access to news. What did he do that wasn't bad? Um... Or the least bad thing, the like assuming, thing. let's say he, everything he's done is bad, but okay. what's the least bad thing? Oh, and that, and I'm quoting her. That is the question word for word verbatim. What is the least bad thing Donald Trump has done? I mean, he did demonstrate, and I wish more people did this, that you can say what you really believe. I'm not saying he's not a liar, because he is, but he would just let it all hang out sometimes in a way that is refreshing to hear a world leader do. And when you see people doing scumbag stuff uh, in public and they're not brazen about it, I'm kind of like, well, you know, Trump, mm-hmm. I do hope he somehow is mulched, mm-hmm. um, but it is refreshing to hear a world leader just, you know, <laughs> speak off the 
seat of his pants, you know, whereas other people do more studied stuff to say similarly evil and disgusting things. Right. I think you could take a page from Trump. Just say what you feel, because when you're powerful, you really can. And so he had an understanding of power that I wouldn't mind other world leaders for our sake and our sanity employing, you know, because they do a lot more double speak. Uh, than he did. Uh, that said, may he have an embolism tonight. <laughs> um, you know, I'm sure you've seen that famous, uh, well, now famous uh, New Yorker cartoon with the, it's all the sheep. And then there's a billboard for a wolf. Mm-hmm. And it says, I will eat you. And then the yes. sheep, the sheep is looking at it going, he says it like it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just, there's, there's less like sort of, you know, dissonance for the listener or the viewer with stuff like that. So that can be, can be useful. Rob Delaney. Thank you so much. Is there anything you want to uh, plug? Thanks. Um, No, I mean, I, you know, when this comes out, I mean, I think the, you know, the strike is over so I can say, you know, go to, go to the streaming service of your choice. You might find a film or TV show I've done. Uh, I've written a couple books that you can read. Uh, please do. T- t- tell them the books. Okay. Um, the first one is called Rob Delaney, Mother, Wife, Sister, Human, Warrior, Falcon, Yardstick, Turban, Cabbage. And the second one is called A Heart That Works. And uh, I had a lot of difficulty reading that book, as I told you. Yeah. Where I started to write and yeah. then I found yeah. it and it was, it's, I, I highly recommend reading the book. Don't read it on the plane. Yeah, there, there is a danger of crying. Uh, oh, a lot I of was, people tell me. I was crying. Yeah. I was crying and I was making noises. Mm. And it's, but it's a beautiful book. And well, you're very uh, kind. Thank you. It's very moving and very, it's interesting because I know you mm-hmm. and, um, uh, I think, you know, even if you don't, you're very uh, uh, intimate with the with the reader mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you get to, the reader gets to know you very quickly mm-hmm. and, uh, but it's still like, just to be able to put a person to that mm-hmm. awful experience and, uh, and, and you're, and your wife is, you know, superhero. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, oh my gosh. And then when parents and in-laws come and, mm. oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's rough, but it's a, it's a really great read. And, uh. Oh, well, and, thank you. You know, you, something people should experience. Well, thank you. Yeah. If anybody's listening, who doesn't know uh, the story, um, it's about my son, Henry, who died uh, a little bit before his third birthday of a brain tumor. And that was five years ago. And yeah, a heart that works is, is the book I wrote about it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. And it's, uh, um, yeah, you go into a, maybe read it in a closet. Um, yeah. Or, uh, yeah. By candlelight. By candlelight. Yeah. And put a towel under the. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah. Don't read it on a plate. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, all right, Rob, thank you so much. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Thanks, David. Take care. Senses Working Overtime is a HeadGum podcast created and hosted by me, David Cross. The show is edited by Katie Skelton and engineered by Nicole Lyons with supervising producer Emma Foley. Thanks to Demi Druchin for our show art and Mark Rivers for our theme song. For more podcasts by HeadGum, visit HeadGum.com or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and maybe we'll read it on a future episode. I'm not going to do that. Thanks for listening. That was a HeadGum podcast. <laughs> <laughs>